Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Welcome to Baseball. Welcome to Baseball Mainly. Hello and welcome to Baseball Mainly. As they said, hello and welcome to Baseball Mainly. Uh, happy to be here today. Happy to be anywhere in the sunshine. It's sunny out. Can you believe it? I, I can. I just wish it would uh, stay around. You know, it's sun, it's sunny now. It's supposed to rain uh, for a majority of the remaining part of the week and the weekend. But I think this is the first day in May that we've had any kind of sunshine. No, At least it feels I, I, like. I it. think last week we had that one or two day stretch where it was about sixty to seventy, and it wasn't it wasn't fully sunny, but it was still pretty sunny. Well, I totally get why the people in Seattle are depressed all the time, and uh, and it isn't just the earthquakes. Well, uh, in the studio today we do not have Corey, Sir Patrick Stewart, no, so he can't make it so. But we do have Ethan. The stat man, Perlman. Yeah, How are you, Ethan? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. It's good to be here. But we got some we got some stuff to I, deal I, I with know. today. You, you want to say I am wrong about so many things? And today. you are. And I'm going to tell I don't you why. I am. But we we want to behave because we have a very special guest today, a longtime friend, a cocker spaniel aficionado. At one time, Cavapoos now. Oh, Cavapoos now, uh, and. Uh, uh, one of the best loan originators I ever met. Uh, at one time, I was one, 37 years in that business, um, and uh, a great uh, athlete, Barbara Joe Smith. Good to be here, Jess. Good to see you. And an entrepreneur. Absolutely. I just you're you are a, a Renaissance woman. You truly are. I'm, uh, I'm. I'm really. I, I hope that means that. That's good. That's a. That's a compliment. <laughs> that's not an age thing. No, 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 no. Uh, that's a compliment for okay. sure, Barb. Barb is. Uh, uh, we're going to get into her background here in a little while, and uh, she's amazing. But first, this day in baseball history. Yeah, so uh, the first item on this day in baseball history dates back to 1965, when at Fenway Park, Carl Yastrzemski drives in five runs, hitting for the cycle with an additional home run. However, his effort will fall short as the team uh, falls to the Detroit Tigers 12-8. to Now, uh, you said 1965? Yeah. What year were you born? 1996. So you don't remember Carl Yastrzemski? I, I do not remember physically seeing him play live. I have seen footage of him, though, on good, you know, good old MLB Network. They. Uh, My guess is this was at Tiger Stadium or Briggs Stadium, maybe. In those it's days. it's, 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 it's at Fenway Park. Oh, well, so, that's a poke at Fenway. Two home runs at Fenway, batting left-handed. Uh, yep, two home runs, batting left-handed, and you know, then you get that single, that double, and that triple. That's amazing. Perfect uh, five for five. Yastrzemski, Hall of Famer, definitely. Uh, that's quite a feat. Not only the triple, uh, the uh, uh, what are we calling it? What do you call it? The the cycle. Not only the cycle, mm -hmm. but an extra home run. Yeah. Yeah, just for good measure. E exactly, just <laughs> just for unbelievable. Good measure. What else happened on this state in baseball? Uh, 2011. So only eight years ago now. 
Uh, at the oh, you're age, into you got the math going today, at, man. I, I do. I have not screwed it up yet. Uh, at the age of 19 years and 211 days, Nationals rookie Bryce Harper becomes the youngest player in franchise history to hit a home run, breaking the mark that was established by Gary Carter, who was 20 years, 173 days old when he went deep as a Montreal Expo. Uh, Harmon Killebrew still remains. To at that time, the youngest homer for a Washington team, accomplishing the feat with the Senators in 1955 at the age of 19 years, 88 days. So, did where did the Senators move to? Did they move to Minnesota? Is that how Killebrew ended up in Minnesota? You don't know. That's I, I way before your day. Yeah, <laughs> 1996. I have I have ties older than that. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, it's it's rough getting old, Barb. Hi. Well, uh, I want to talk. I, I want to talk a little bit to to you, Barb, about what you do. And one of the things you do is officiate basketball games. Tell us, tell us what kind of games you officiate, and uh, what leagues. What are these little league? What are they? Hey, you start with the little league and you move up like you do in any other thing. And right now, I'm currently working NCAA Division One women's college basketball. I work for the Big Ten, the Big East, the American, the Mid-American, the Summit, the Missouri Valley, and the Horizon. Wow. I think I counted them all. Wow. D1 women's basketball. I think you did some other women's basketball, too, didn't you? For the first 10 years of the WNBA, I worked professionally in the WNBA. How do you, how do you, how do you keep up with that? You put one foot in front of the other, and you just keep moving, and you stay up with the rules, and away you go. Now, you know, I I have coached Little League Baseball. I umpire Little League Baseball sometimes. I've umpired, uh, it's Pony League uh, rules. I've umpired up through uh, probably 18-year-olds. And uh, I've been fortunate. I've never had any really bad situations with uh, spectators or players but man we hear things you know it's always a fear especially in this day and age with all the crazy stuff that goes on but like you fortunately i've never had any really really crazy thing i've never had to ask a spectator to leave uh have tossed a couple of coaches but that's part of the game uh and have broken up a couple of fights on the floor uh one in the wmba that Kind of made Sports Center and things like that, so it's fun. Well, I've I've actually seen you on television a few times. We'll we'll be we'll walk into a restaurant to get something to eat, and there'll be a a, a Big Ten women's game on one of the televisions, and I always look to see if if you're there, and and there you are with your hands up in the air for a three pointer. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> I know her. Everybody in the restaurant. I know this lady. Well, uh, we have some we have some video of some uh, some things that are uh, are sad in sports. Yes, and the uh, the the first one is going to be a video of a San Antonio high school football game. Um, two players take out one ref, um, without a doubt, aiming for the ref after what they claim to be a bad call, and we will play that right now.
Well, what do you think should be done? What should be what should have happened there? Bad call or not, you can't you can't react. You can't take someone out. You can't do those kind of things. The, if the if first... I'm the AD of the team that did that, those players would be suspended. Absolutely. We might call the police and we'd take a loss in that game and maybe the rest of the season. If that's the way that coach coaches and they were told to do that, they'd be done. It's a hard thing to determine what you know how coaches coach and what players do and when they get together and things like that. But any kind of retaliation on a call on a playing field towards an official, you can't have it. We have another uh, little clip that uh, was kind of viral on the internet, and it has to do with women's softball. And I understand you were a women's softball player at Miami of Ohio. Go Redhawks! And you you caught. Yeah, I did that. Played first base. Yep. And hit home runs. Occasionally, I got to How run all that? four bags. <laughs> so you, you you lettered in in softball there. Did you also letter in any other sport? I lettered in basketball. I was there also. So and I what played. position did you play in basketball? Well, any anything that got me on the court. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you know, I wish I wish my my ninth graders could hear that. I'll say, uh, you know, uh, hey, I need somebody to, to play left field today. Our left fielder's sick. You want to play left field? Well, I'm not really comfortable. Oh, no, I jump in. I jump. Oh my at goodness! It. Put me in the game, Absolutely. coach. I love that that song, Center Field. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Well, let's Anywhere, take a, let's take a look at what happened in this softball game. It's uh, it's it's uh, it's despicable. understand that they weren't happy with the calls from this guy yep and i've been involved in baseball games softball games whatever 
where uh, it became all about the umpire instead of the game. But there is never an excuse to try to injure somebody. Absolutely. that. I mean, I'm sitting here watching, thinking something's going to be coming from the stands, and all of a sudden it came from the players on the And the coach the went out and told them to do it. I mean, that, that catcher didn't jump out of there because it no. was her idea. Right. The coach told her to do that. Fastball down the middle. Give him a fastball. Let him see. And Wow. That is that That is un, the, one of the most un. despicable things I've ever seen. They did call the game, forfeited it in, in charge, to the team that was batting, threw the catcher out. Hopefully that... that For a lot, lot more games than just those yeah, innings left. And hopefully the manager's done in that league. Right. That was wow. it was totally despicable. And we have a picture, don't we? Of, of, of uh, what did the umpire's face look like? We, we do oh. have a picture. I don't know if it's of this umpire, but we do have a picture. No, right? we have a picture of a of a basketball referee now. Yep. Who had been uh, yeah. brutally attacked mm-hmm. by a coach from a youth team who didn't like this guy's calls. Yep. This guy was in the hospital with a brain bleed, concussion, obviously, uh, nose Just all messed up. The sad thing is that you said youth league. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sad, period. Nobody should have to go work a job and be subject to possibly this kind of injury and stuff, but a youth game? And the attacker here from Flint, Michigan. Yeah. We don't get enough bad publicity here in Michigan without having a guy from Michigan do this. I'm, uh, uh, this gentleman's name's Kenny Culp, longtime referee. Uh, and I don't care. You know, the guy could be blind, uh, and, and you, you don't attack somebody. Uh, speaking of that, uh, uh, Ron, who is the great umpire, Ron Luciano? He, he's calling uh, a game, uh, Minnesota, Rod Carew's up. And pitch comes in. It's it's borderline. He calls a strike. Carew turns around and says, "Ron, you're blind." And Luciano says, "It sounded like a strike." To me, that's that's, that's the way good. baseball yeah, should be. Absolutely, that's the way it should be. I I, I just uh, have have you had any experience with? I've not with had people, any physical uh, attacks. I mean, yeah, you hear this stuff out of the stands all the time. People always yelling at you, telling you you're blind. You know, go put the apron back on, get in the kitchen, those kind of things. They can get nasty, but you got to learn as an official to tune those things out. And and the physical aspect. I mean, you just should never have to go to work again. And worry that you're going to be attacked. And I tell you, I, I got to say, it's in the back of my mind, depending on where I'm going sometimes. Well, I talked with some umpires this, uh, on Saturday. We had a doubleheader. And, I, and you know, they're, they're doing every game they can because there's a shortage of umpires. They don't want to put up with what they're hearing from parents. Absolutely. We would go out and do clinics for rules and stuff before the season would start. And at the very end, we would give a plug about, you know, when you're done with your playing career, come come officiate. We don't have enough. And players make the best umpires and referees and everything else. And that line, are you kidding? We sit on the bench and listen to what our parents yell at you. And we don't want that. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's incredibly... We've become very... Um, impolite as a society. And that's the nicest way I can say it. We've, we've become uh, 
caricatures of ourselves. Yes, sir. So, you had some yeah, for us, Ethan? Yeah, one thing I, I kind of wanted to bring up was, you know, as, you, as we saw in that video with the softball team, the manager goes out, clearly tells his pitcher, this is what I want you to do. Pitcher obliges because it's her manager, um, or at least that's why I'm assuming she didn't question it. Um, we, we've not not the same type of a scenario, but what is your opinion on when a manager goes out and tells the player to throw at another player? Not not so not saying a ref or an umpire, but throw at X Y Z batter because either he did something earlier in the game or he's talking shit or whatever it may be. Uh, what is your personal opinion? I don't on, like it. You don't. I don't like it. I don't think it's Play part the of the game. game. Yeah. See, I, I agree. In the rules, it isn't a part of the game, but in like baseball, you hit a home run, you run the bases, you don't pimp your home run. Right. You do that. I'm sorry. The pitcher's got every right to throw at you. I mean, it's not in the written rules, but it's the it's the respect the unwritten rules of the game. Well, here's and here's, that's where some instances I'm fine with a pitcher throwing at a hitter. Here's here's what's here's what's wrong. We have uh, we have told baseball players mm-hmm. they can't pitch inside. We've told them that you and pitch inside, the umpire's going to give you a warning. You pitch inside again. And You're out of the game. And I'm sorry, but so now, that, now, that, now they get joke, so though. frustrated, yeah, that they throw at each other. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to a ball game and watch you throw it. I don't want. To, I don't want somebody throwing at Miguel Cabrera and hurting him. Yep. I don't want somebody throwing at even at Bryce Harper, who I don't care for. Mm-hmm. I don't want him hurt. I want to see him play. The, the, I mean, I, I agree. There is. There is a certain extent that you do not want to cross a certain line. But you have to be able to have that ability to pitch inside, and umpires need to give that ability, but have that leash of, okay, he clearly didn't try to throw a fastball in to back him off the plate. He tried to take out the guy. There, there is a difference, and I feel like there is not—it's black and white. There is no gray area these days, and it's an issue. I, I, I agree about the black and white. There's got to be some gray in some of these areas uh, because you can't, you're not inside the guy's mind. You can't see what he's thinking and what he's doing. And you, but you, if you are in the major league level, you've probably seen enough to know whether that was it slipped out of my hand and it went too close or, you know, it was on you, purpose. You know what's going when Batista throws his bat in the air and runs around. Mm-hmm. You know what's going on when Batista takes out Odor, right? Yeah, and, that, that, that and you know what's going when, on when there's retaliation. My thing is, it shouldn't happen going either way. I don't want to see any of these guys hurt. I, I, I don't want to see anybody hurt. I want to see them play. I understand you never want to see anyone get hurt, but it's that competitive fire, and there's some players who are smart enough to know when to dial it back. And there are some who are just going to be playing out hotheads who aren't going to care about the repercussions. Well, part of it is my age, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have uh, I've learned to control myself a little bit. At a younger age, I did some stupid things on the ball field. Mm-hmm. I've uh, I never threw at anybody because I don't have good enough control to hit them. But uh, you know, I I had a guy step on my foot at first base intentionally. And so uh, when I came off the bag and he was going to second, I got in his way. Mm-hmm. 
and you know there were only two umpires and they're watching a the ball i knocked him down now i regret that to this day that was stupid of me okay it was stupid it was i i i, I see what you're saying um but at the same time you know what they always say the second person is always the person to get caught but when you only have two umpires, it's kind of easier to get away with stuff. Yes, it is, and it's oh. it's uh, and and why should the umpire have to enforce that? He if if they saw it, they should throw me out of the game. They should have. But, but the question is, did they see it? And they didn't because yeah. they were watching the play. Yeah, and the play wasn't where I was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we and need to get out of that. You knew that. What's that? And you knew that. I did, <laughs> and that's bad. I, I would hope my son would never do that. Okay. And he's a bigger hothead than I ever was. But I love him anyway. Hey, uh, tell us uh, what happened. What's going on with the Tigers? Well, let's see. Mercer back on to the D, well, not DL, the IL. Um, I, I do not like that change, to be honest. Uh, I like just staying the DL, but okay. It's the IL uh, with a right quad strain. And uh, he goes down with a white, white, a right quad strain, and uh, Christian Stewart returns back with the Tigers from a right quad strain. So Harrison's back with the Tigers as well yeah, as of yesterday, yep. I believe. Yeah, I'm not hey. sure what his injury was. I think it had to do with the shoulder. Um, but yeah, he was back with the Tigers yesterday, and he had a couple I'm, hits. Yep. And I know you want to get all on me about. Well, wait a minute. Let's talk about the IL a little bit. Okay. Fulmer, Fulmer. Moore, Ross, yeah, Zimmerman. Mm-hmm. That's a major league starting rotation. They're all on the in- injured list. You, you don't want my comment, but well, that's okay. Look, uh, those guys have all had success in the big leagues at one time or another. They're major league pitchers, and they're all on the injured list. Mm-hmm. So now we have. Now, now you have Boyd, Turnbull, and then you pick him. Well, then you got Norris. Well, who's who? You don't know what you're going to get, and you don't know if he'll be on the IL b- before long, based on past history. I mean, but he's he's looked healthy this year. Yeah. He's and he know. actually pitched well last yeah. night, the, the other day. Yeah. What, who else do we have? Who else is going to pitch? Ryan Carpenter. I mean, for now, sure. I don't have a a, a opinion on that, mainly because. I just want guys who can eat up innings. I don't care if we bring in James Shields on a one-year deal just to eat up innings. If we're going to eat up in innings, I want Bartolo Colon. Okay, well, I, I don't know that the Tigers. Anybody, will do that, anybody but. out there that can get to Alavila, tell them sign Colon. Okay. We we need more hefty people in baseball. All right, Barb knew me in my heftier days too. <laughs> hey, well, we need we need to talk about my favorite tiger, the guy who I said swings wildly, uh, never going to hit the ball, never going to be a big leaguer, who today is batting three oh one with a three fifty on base. Wait, wait, hold on. Uh, two when, triples, seven doubles, and five home runs. When did we say he was never going to be a big leaguer? That was me. I, oh, okay, that was me. I'm not blaming you. Okay. I'm eating crow. I'm telling you, Ronnie Rodriguez is going to be a major league hitter and a force over the next few years if he stays healthy. He made a couple plays at shortstop last night, at least that's the position where he was, that were outstanding. Uh, Our boy Candelario did, too. He made a couple great plays, albeit in a loss, because we had no pitching. But uh, at least, you know, in later innings, we, we gave up. Uh, five runs 
Um, Ronnie Rodriguez is having a great season so far. Now, albeit he's only had 80 plate appearances, and he doesn't walk a lot. He's only walked six times. But, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll learn the strike zone and be an even better hitter. Well, I did I did tell you uh, my personal opinion is I'm still not sold on Ronnie Rodriguez. I think he still has the wrong approach at the plate. Um, and while he's only 80 plate appearances into the year, I told, I told both you and Corey, once he hits 200 plate appearances, I want to see... Where is batting average at? Batting average is at. If it's over 280, I'll be happy. I'll be ecstatic. If well, his on-base percentage is over 300, I'll be even more ecstatic. But the the thing that I'm looking at that is concerning me heavily is he loves to pull the ball and he loves to you know hit the alleys. First of all, he's seeing the least amount of pitches per plate appearance of any Tiger. He is seeing three. Point four six pitches per plate appearance, which means he is not being a patient hitter. This is why we call him the stat man. He is bar. not. He is not being a patient hitter, and it's going to catch up to him. It already kind of has. Yeah, because um, he's because he's bat has the highest batting average on the team of anybody the, the, the that's been playing. Right, the team right now is an absolute joke, though. That is nothing to be proud of. That he's hitting three oh one with a three fifty on base? Yeah, but you could look at other teams and other teams have five guys hitting over that. That he leads the team in home runs? I'm not thrilled with it. I, I still do not have a good Let's say vibe you had with him. if you had five guys doing mm-hmm. what he's doing at the plate, you'd be at the near the top of of the MLB in home runs. When you say what he's doing, are you saying the same approach? Because I would be, I would be Look, ripping my hair out if five Tigers were Vlad, taking... Vlad Guerrero had the same approach. He's Hall of Fame. No, I, I, I cannot agree with that. Vlad Guerrero did not have the same approach. Yes, Vlad Guerrero swung at a lot of bad shit, and he got and he got very good bounces on some of these balls that he swung at. But that that is not going to translate in today's major league. And so what's our, wrong? Is he going to is he going to strike out too much? I'm not concerned. He's striking I, out twenty percent of I the time. I am not concerned about the strikeouts. Bryce right Harper now. strikes out I'm, much more. I am not concerned about the strikeouts right now. What I am concerned about is look at his hot cold zones in where he's hitting. Anything up and into him, he is batting zero. Middle in, he's batting zero. So he learns. To take that pitch or go the other way with it, but, depending on but where. But the thing it is. is, he is he is not learned from that. He's, and, and he's the, and still the, young. This is really his first full this, season this is stu- in the bigs. This is stuff that they teach you in instructional ball. They tell you, "Hey, here's you our got, problem. You got a two strike approach. Here's our problem. What is it? We don't have anybody else. I, All right. I, I, speaking of strikeouts, I wrote something down. There are five guys, six guys, who have more than 2,000 strikeouts in their major league career. Mm-hmm. Name a couple. Five, only five that have 2,000? There are six. There are six, okay. All of them have a shot at the Hall of Fame if they're not already in. How many are AL? How many NL? Well, they're both. You know, these guys were around a while. Okay. There's one guy strictly National League. Okay, I got I got a vote. Back Two guys, one guy strictly. I got I got a vote from back in the control room. Somebody said Babe Ruth. Nope, no, I didn't think. 
Here, let me, let me just let me just run them down to okay. you. Okay. Because if if you were to say, oh man, in this guy's career, he's going to strike out over two thousand times, you're going to say, he's going to be terrible. Well, we're talking Reggie Jackson, okay. Jim Tomei, Adam Dunn, Sammy Sosa, Alex Rodriguez, and Andres Galarraga. Okay, now I'd take that in my lineup any day. Oh, I would too. But the big thing with two thousand strikeouts, those f- those well, f- five of those names don't surprise me at all. Because look, a how many seasons they played, which means how many games they played in. Plus, m- m- I'm thinking eighty percent of that list played in at least almost a hundred postseason. I'm games. telling you, in their in their first full year in the bigs, you wouldn't have liked these guys either. All right. Well, uh, uh, it looks like we got Scott Green on the phone. We do. Um, so we are going to bring him on right now. Scott, hey are you there? I'm here. Hey, welcome, Scott. How was Europe? Uh, it was uh, great. It was uh, quite a whirlwind trip and story and everything else that happened last week. So, uh, well, tell yeah, us a, exciting. Tell us a little about it. You went to. You didn't go to a baseball game over there. Well, I mean, you want the whole story? Well, yeah, yeah. I heard, I heard you won some money, uh, a lot of money, and jumped on a plane to go visit some relatives and see some game guys playing kickball. Yeah, that's what they play over there, kickball. Anyway, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite sports after baseball and hockey. I just love soccer, and uh, one of my favorite teams, uh, being that we have Dutch heritage here is Ajax Amsterdam, who played in the semifinals of the Champions League. And uh, it was a huge game, and uh, I had the opportunity to go over and quickly and flew out on a midnight flight on Monday, got there Tuesday, 1 o'clock, and picked up by some family, had a nice dinner, went into Amsterdam, saw perhaps the greatest sporting event I'd ever seen. I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, it was just wild, and the whole city was decked out for it. And unfortunately, they... Uh, had a heartbreaking loss. They were winning two nothing at the first at the end of the first half. And had they won, they would have gone on to the finals. But uh, Tottenham scored three goals. The one last one, literally in the last seconds of injury time. But it was just fabulous. It was uh, a rally of forty thousand people just singing and chanting, and it was just all good natured and you know lots of a lot of walking, a lot of bicycling, bicycling around, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it was great. Then got on a plane Friday and came home and. Spent the weekend jet lagged out, and the last two days I'm back to my former good self. So. Well, I, th- I think you're getting ready for a uh, a tournament coming up in uh, Durham. Yeah, I sure am. That's in uh, two, just over two weeks. Yeah, it's I'm looking. First, yeah. I'm looking forward to playing some ball there. Uh, just to be in that stadium and uh, and uh, think about uh, throwing at the mascot and all that stuff, uh, <laughs> uh, which is the way I pitch. Uh, Joe and I are, are looking forward to playing some baseball. We hope you've put us on a good team this time for a change. Uh, yes, yes. You'll uh, you'll be on the winning team this year, Jess, because of uh, your affiliation and letting me uh, be on the uh, show every week. So, well, for, uh, I, I already have the trophy with your name on it, so you're guaranteed good. a trophy regardless of what happens. Wonderful. And in case anybody listening doesn't know, Scott Green runs uh, Play at the Plate, which is an adult baseball tournament organization that plays at historic baseball parks. We have a little bit of video to run for you that will show you just exactly uh, the kind of event uh, Scott puts on. 
Would you like to play some baseball? Do you still dream of playing on a major league field, experiencing the magic of places like Field of Dreams? For 15 years, Play at the Plate has been making dreams come true. Play at the Plate offers you the chance to play ball. Join us for a lifetime experience. Go to playattheplate.org or call Scott Green at 631-255-4475. That's 631-255-4475. That was my Buzz Van Houten imitation there. Four, four, <laughs> seven, five. Well, uh, Scott, I, I really look forward to playing. Uh, there, we're gonna we're gonna give you some plugs this weekend. We are here at uh, NRM. We're going to the Motor City Comic Con. Oh, and, cool! And the only thing I have to dress up as is a baseball player because I am a wannabe. <laughs> And uh, uh, we have been given the privilege of being the exclusive live streaming partner of the Motor City Comic Con. We are expecting upwards of 90,000 people to go through this Comic Con this weekend. I have to tell you, the first time I saw that, I was in Baltimore, went to a game, and I saw all these people walking around dressed up in science pictures. What is this? And... It was wild. I mean, it's absolutely wild. If you haven't experienced it, um, go see what it's all about because it is just people with a passion for something that is beyond passionable. And it's just, uh, it was pretty crazy. As a matter of fact, when I went to the All Star game and I worked for MLB in San Diego, it seemed to be a bit of a letdown out there that year. It was like coming from Cincinnati the year before where baseball was really huge. And Cincinnati, uh, San Diego was just like, ugh. I said, what's the deal out here? He goes, oh, really, we're getting ready for Comic-Con next week. <laughs> and that's how big it is. And it's uh, it's quite an event. And anybody who's, who's around who hasn't seen what this is about, you owe it to yourself to go see what this is. Yeah, well, it's, it's crazy. It's I mean, going to be at it's fabulous. It's going to be at our Novi Expo Center here. Uh, and uh, it uh, starts this coming Friday. Uh, people slated to be there like uh, Henry Winkler, uh, Carl uh, Takai from uh, oh, Star George, Trek. George Takaki, oh, wow. yeah. Uh, and uh, got uh, two people from The Office. Oh, Meatloaf is supposed Meatloaf. to be there. Yep. Nev Campbell, uh, who is uh, one of my favorite actresses, though she's only been in kind of half and half movies. I like her a lot. Uh, there are people I've never heard of, but everybody in The Office has heard of these people. A lot of voice actors, people that have been in these uh, movies with talking raccoons. And so it's all, yeah, I make fun of these guys here all the time about the uh, this uh, um, ac- Endgame ac- movie. According to Kelsey, there will be no Marvel people in attendance. Oh, no. I don't even know what that means. So no, no talk, no talking raccoon. No talking raccoon. Okay. Or, or space raccoon, whatever you call them. Hey, hey, something happened here in Detroit this week, Scott. Albert Pujols had his 2,000th career RBI, and I, I need your opinion on this. The fan who caught the ball, it was a home run, wouldn't give it back. I saw that story, and I was very. Uh... You know, I'm thinking to myself, you know, being a fan of his and being a Cardinals fan or whatever, had that happened to me, would I have given it back? Yes, I would have. Oh, but for sure. Albert was very... Uh, gracious. Very gracious. That The guy has a piece of history, and he should be proud to have it, and blah, 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 blah. Believe me, 
that's going to the highest bidder soon. Okay, that's, I mean that's just the way it is. That's today. unfortunate. Now I would have I'd have hung on to the baseball in order to get to meet Mr. Pujols. He would have given you a little. If you had given him the ball back, you would have got a lot more than a baseball in return. Well, okay, I would. You would have had you would have had something that you could have put in your house for the rest of your life. Either you know autograph bats, a uniform, a hat, a helmet, whatever. So uh, bad job by the fan unless he's. You know, I, I don't know how marketable the ball is, but I would, you know, I, well, I certainly would have given him the ball. Well, yes. one one thing with that story was um, the fan, you know, he kept the ball. He had asked a uh, few of the uh, Comerica Park employees where he could get that ball authenticated at the park. And because it was Albert Pujols' 2000, 2000s RBI, they didn't want to... They didn't want to give him any information. Good. According to fans and people that were around the area and this fan individually, uh, he said he was completely disrespected because of this. And I do it's because ha- he's a jerk. I, I do not consider this being a jerk move. If Albert Pujols truly wanted the ball, which he may or may not have, he was really polite about saying, "I don't really care to get this ball back. Let the fan have it." You know, to me, it's. First of all, as a Comerica, Help me out, Barb. as a Comerica Park employee, give it back. As a Comerica Park employee, because I was one, your job is to not piss off the fans. So let's just put it that the, way. You know what? Your job is to not do. There that. were probably, it looks like maybe ten thousand people there that would have given the ball back. He just you know, happened to get in as, the hands of the wrong guy. Personally, I don't know that I would have given the ball back. I am well, that, that I, explains a lot. I am a collector of sports memorabilia. If Albert Pujols you know, truly you know, wanted the ball Pujols back and he came if, to me, if Pujols would have given you his jersey and signed it for the ball, and you could have taken a picture with Albert any, Pujols? You could have had anything. You know, it's interesting you say all this because when Jeter got his 3,000th hit, it was a home run that the, the IRS instantly slapped a bill on this guy for having the ball. And, so and maybe, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was like, I think the guy ended up selling the ball to pay the IRS bill. I mean, the boom, uh, you have something of great value, and now I you've mean, got to pay a tax on I, it. I, 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 mean, I, un- I understand it's a piece of history. It's a piece of that player's history individually. But I do have an issue with n- the fans go to the games to, you know, see these players in action, get a piece of, you know, memory or history, and it's pretty much, you know, like saying, hey, you come to a ball game, you hit, you catch a big home run ball, we're just going to take it. We just want to take it from you. It's yeah, not. You it's, know, if he'd have hit it in Wrigley, they would have given it back without well, any question. Yeah. Yeah. I, I speak, <laughs> spe- speaking of... of um, of uh, history and historic things. Scott, everything you do is someplace that's historic. Give us an idea of uh, where the future tournaments are going to be. I know the next one's in Durham. Where else are you going to be this year? Well, our, after Durham, we have a little time off until the end of July, and then we're going back to beautiful Dyersville, Iowa, to play at the Field of Dreams. Both uh, We have a fantasy camp to come, weekend. So if you've been I've to been a here. fantasy camp, Actually, we have the Indians, Reds, Giants, Rockies, and I think the Mets might be bringing a team, so we're looking for one more team. And then the following weekend after that, we have a father-son event. And then after that, we play at two beautiful, quaint places. My favorite place on the planet Earth is Rickwood Field in Birmingham, Alabama. Alabama. It's our 
nation's oldest field. It's where the movie 42 was filmed, Cobb, several others. It is absolutely breathtakingly beautiful, and Birmingham's a vibrant city that I love visiting. And then after that, we finished a year up in, uh, actually, that's our last tournament. Just before that, we play in uh, Doubleday Field in downtown Cooperstown. Yeah, that's a great a great venue too, man. Yeah, There's is. actually a left field fence there. I would have a chance to hit if the wind was blowing out real hard. <laughs> hey, well, Scott, I'm really thrilled to have you on. I'm sure you're still jet lagged after that trip. Uh, not too bad. I see. Uh, I thought I was over it Saturday, so I decided to do all the household chores that uh, had uh, befallen me, and I just ran out of gas about two o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> and. Uh, Sunday, thank God it rained here, so I basically caught up. But I'm pretty good right now. But uh, yeah, it was a whirlwind week for us, and uh, and, uh, and a tremendous windfall financially. I won't lie to you. It was, I mean, I mean the whole story of how it happened. And I read about it. Yeah, it was wild. That so Kentucky we to Derby was good. Good to you. Uh, the disqualification was very good to me. <laughs> That's all I want to say. I'm after the only man in America who loved the disqualification. So, uh, yeah, it was very good. So uh, I'm, I'm taking all those winnings, and I'm betting it on the Preakness. So I've become a gambling. Oh, I'm no. addicted to gambling now, and I'm going to gambling. Uh, Put it in the bank. meetings already. Put it in the bank, Scott. Don't. <laughs> I did. I did. So. Hey, hey uh, one last question for you. Ethan wants to know the best position player in baseball today. Uh, it's Mike Trout. Yeah, I, th- I think it's Trout or Bellinger, one of those two guys. I, I think like Bellinger's good. I don't think he's Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I was very surprised that he signed up so quickly and didn't test the market. Not, not that I think he's the kind of person that would have gone to the highest bidder anyway, so I guess he went to the place that he feels the happiest and safest and securest, so you know, good luck to the Angels, but uh, I am very surprised that he didn't. Well, I, it play made out the last year. What he did, what Trout did, made me a made me a Trout fan because uh, you know we had a guy here in Detroit back when I was much younger named Al Kaline who turned down a lot of money because it was too much and he wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. And that says something to the fans. I think what Perfect. Trout did says something to the fans in Los Angeles, and well, uh, I, I, I hope they'll you, support him. him earlier it's going to be very interesting to see uh i don't know when the i think it's coming up soon but you think about that and pujols leaving the cardinals i thought was a major mistake by him and i've actually got privy information i have actually sat down with one of the owners of the cardinals and discussed it with him and for the amount of money the Cardinals are offering and the amount of money he got from the Angels, there was no difference in the money. You know, no appreciable difference at all. And he could have had a statue next to Stan Musial's. Okay? He could have arguably, arguably been the greatest Cardinal. Mm. And he chose to go out there. And basically, I mean, he's had a, still a nice career. But let's face it, they haven't done anything. Yeah. Right? The Angels haven't done a damn thing since Albert Pujols has got out there. Oh, they're going to be and great now, though. They have uh, Brad Osmus out there. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, so he'll, he'll lead them all the way, I'm sure. But hey, he's, uh, coming back, he's coming back to St. Louis for the first time uh, this year. The Angels are playing in St. Louis. And I'm going to be very interested to see uh, the reception that he gets, which I will tell you now, I would imagine would be a long-standing ovation. Cardinal fans won't boo him, so the ones that are pissed off about it, they just won't cheer him. But the uh, Cardinal fans won't boo Albert Pujols, but I still imagine a, a tremendous 
reception for him. I mean, I just I couldn't believe he left. I just I just couldn't. As far as as far as history goes, to me, the teams in in baseball that really have the history: Yankees, Red Sox, Braves, and Cardinals. Well, you you got to throw the Reds in there too. They oh were, yeah, they the were Reds the first too. Major league yeah. team. Yeah, and there's something about. Well, I I'm browbeaten about the Cardinals because Dave Harville. That's all he talks about. Anyway, yeah. Uh, well, actually, uh, who have lost nine of twelve, who look very uh, very mediocre right now. Uh, they'll but, be back. They'll yeah, be they back. will. But the Cubs are on a run, and it's, they the Cardinals can't fall eight or nine games back. So I think they're like three and a half back or something like that right now. But um, yeah, they've they've hit the wall on a, a couple. They lost two out of three. That's actually all three at home to Pittsburgh. They just can't do that. Yeah. I'm sorry, you can't. And they had a six-three lead. They lost a bad game on Sunday, and they lost two two-one games, getting good pitching uh, Friday and Saturday. They're just not hitting. But uh, anyway, it's a, it's a long season, and I'm well, Greeny. I'm going to have to let you go. I really appreciate your joining us today. And uh, if uh, anybody is interested in playing some baseball, even you, Barb, get a hold of Play at the Plate. It's PlayAtThePlate.org. And sign up for a tournament. Scott will put you on a team. A lot of these guys come with teams, but they'll add you to it. It is a great experience. Thanks again, Scott. Loved Thank having you, you today. Thanks for having me. All righty. Bye-bye. Well, we've got a spotlight on a, a player from the farm, some guy I've not heard of. Tell me about him. Yeah, I know. You, you came you came up to me today, and you said, who is this guy? Uh, so we're talking about outfielder Daniel Woodrow. Um, Daniel Woodrow is a 24-year-old, uh, 12th round selection in the 2016 Major League Draft. He currently is playing in Toledo. Um, so that's our AAA affiliate, for those that don't know. Uh, batting 265 with a 692 OPS. Ethan, one... he's older than you. I, kn- I know. He's born in 95. Mm. Old guy. Well, I'm not sure if he was born in 95 or 94. I'm not sure when. It says 126.95 on the on his uh, stats. Okay, so yep, you're you're and a half older <laughs> than me. Uh, three triples, no home runs, ten RBIs. He's five for six in stolen bases, and a 25 to 14 strikeout to walk ratio. I, I got to tell you something. I coach a ninth grade team. Mm-hmm. I have players bigger than this guy. This guy's 5'10", 160. He's a little guy. He's got to be a middle infielder. He he isn't. Why does he have to be a middle infielder? It just sounds like a second baseman shortstop. What is it? What what position does he play? He plays outfield. Okay, outfield, center field. He, he, he's got to be fast. Little guys have to be fast. I, I mean, to be what do you say? You said five ten one sixty. Yes. Without, I mean, he could be a center fielder. He could be a corner outfielder. Depending on what his arm is, his if he has a strong arm, he's not playing center and this field. Is our, he's playing left or right. This is one of our top 30 prospects. He is number 21 right now. Drafted Although, when? 2016, 12th, 12th round. round. Yep. The only thing is uh, these numbers of where they're ranked in our system are going to change sometime this week. I just saw today there was a new list of top 100 prospects across baseball. Casey Mize moved from number 16 overall to number 6 overall. So there is bound to be some changes in the uh, standings of where certain players are ranked in our system. And I know we, we, have, we have fans here in Detroit that are desperate for a win. 
and they they want Casey Mice today. No, that that doesn't no. need to happen. We need we need to let him mature. We need to let Fiedo mature. Manning's probably close to being ready to Man- come Manning, up. Manning will be the Burrows. Those guys probably in a year yeah. or so. I, I would take more time with Manning. Manning is the youngest of the whole bunch. But he seems like he's been around the longest. He's been around one year longer than Fiedo and two years more than Mize because he was drafted straight out of high school. But he's still so, two years younger and, than, or three years. And younger we're not ready to to give him the Porcello treatment yet. No. Okay. I, really, after Porcello, you have not seen many pitchers get drafted. And you know, come Uncle up in Frank the same year. would say Porcello, but that's a, another discussion. Speaking of food. <laughs> uh, we're going to transition into now, our now, food of the week. Speaking of food, Barb, our guest today, is a foodie. She is involved with some restaurants. What, what restaurants are you involved with, Barb? I have two Culver's franchises. It's a fast, casual restaurant that specializes in butter burgers and custard. Anything with butters, I'm in. Hey, I got to tell you, it's called a butter burger, not because there's butter in the burger, but oh. the crown of the bun is lightly buttered and toasted to make a very nice burger. What's your favorite thing on the menu? Oh, the Swiss and mushroom burger. Okay. okay. Absolutely. Same. That, that, uh, is, that is my favorite. Well, you have like roast beef there too, right? We have roast beef. We have grilled chicken. We have pot roast. I mean, there's a wide variety. We have salads. So this isn't like those fast food places. This is, no, this this is, is better food. Yes. Yeah, so none of the food is made until you order it, and then it's made to order. Well, we have a segment on the show that Ethan's going to take over. It is uh, ballpark food. So... What's today's ballpark so, food, Ethan? T- so, first of all, today's ballpark and team is San Francisco Giants and Oracle Stadium, which I did not realize the name had changed from AT&T Park to Oracle Stadium. Uh, so, the first item is cream ice cream. So, this is a specific stand oh. uh, at... at uh, Oracle Stadium. Cookies and ice cream? And it is a Berkeley-based sweets provider uh, that is known for its warm cookies and cold ice cream combinations. So there is going to be four carts at the stadium this year that will be doing this. Um, And from what I've been told or what I've read, you can pick what kind of cookies you want. You can pick the ice cream. You can pick what they layer outside of it. So as you can see, we got Fruity Pebbles. We got M&M's. And chocolate chips. Okay, I'm going. I'm going away from the vegan hot dog at this point. This is my number one. Okay. Anything ice cream and cookies. I'm all over that. Okay. Now they have ice cream at. Uh, we at have Culver's. Cust- custard. Yeah. Custard. Now, where are your stores? Well, we have a store in Ann Arbor on Jackson Road in front of Lowe's between Baker Road and Zeeb, and then out in Jackson, Michigan on Airport Road, exit 137. Uh, next time I'm on my way to Chicago, I'm stopping. <laughs> What yeah. else? What, you got another food yeah, today? Yeah, and, and, and our last food of the day is called the Crazy Crabs. Um, it is crab meat uh, inside of two buttery grilled sourdough bread. Um, and I believe it actually looks like there's some sort of like tomato or onion on there. Yeah, you can I, keep I, that. Tomato or pepper. I'm not sure if that's a pepper or tomato. Yeah, it's, nah. See, I've, ne- I've never. That'd be law in my number. I've never had crab meat before. I've had a lobster once, and it wasn't bad. 
Well, the, the, it's it sounds good. It doesn't look great, but it, it does sound decent. Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like the way you would make a tuna sandwich, right? Except with crab meat. Yeah, I'm I'm not a tuna person. But the doctor doesn't want me eating crab meat, shrimp, lobster because it's really not good for the so, cholesterol so problem. No, no surf and turf on the uh, no. any of those menus. Okay. No, but uh, they got they have chicken at Culver's. I'm going to Culver's, and you know it's it's uh, it, it's the custard. You know, I, I, I could do a little bit of that. Oh, absolutely. You could do a mini. Yeah. And I and I just do want to bring to the audience's attention that not next week, but the following week, we will be having a uh, food special. Uh, we are going to be revealing the top 15 foods as voted on by the host, voted on by NRM staff, and voted on by the public. So be sure to tune in and see what the top yeah, 15 foods are. And I'll, I'll tell you this. I, I got a feeling my vegan hot dog is going to get uh, So I, I do have a spoiler for you, Jess. Um, your vegan hot dog is currently ranked in the top 15 for one of those categories. I love it. In the other two categories, it was dead last. Okay. So. Yeah. Well, I expected. You know, that sometimes you have to stand alone. I get it. It's okay. It's, it's, a, it's, it's part of my yep. integrity that I liked it. Mm-hmm. And it was at Comerica. Go figure. Yeah, go figure. The team that can't hit sells vegan hot dogs. No wonder the team can't hit. They're eating <laughs> vegan hot dogs. I don't it's th- absolutely I'll tell you what. They're not eating vegan hot dogs in the club. No, house. they're not. They're eating great food. I, I loved being down there as a ball boy, bat boy, because after the game, you got to steal the leftovers, in a sense, and it was always great food. Well, somebody had to um, eat them because they weren't going to eat them the next day. No. They're getting they fresh get, they stuff. Get, they get fresh stuff every day. Uh, some of the employees bring in food prior to the game to... Uh, to oh, that, I have a question for okay. Barb. Do they feed the referees before and after the game at these uh, uh, events? That would be a no. Really? So, so you have your own dressing room probably. We, we have our own dressing room, and most most of the... Power five schools will have you a box lunch, maybe. Maybe. Oh, I, I know nice. down in Bowling Green, whenever we had umpires for the baseball games, we would get them lunch or dinner after. Bowling Green, we get to order off of one of their uh, sub places yeah. in town, yeah. so we get to order a sub, and they'll have those ready and stuff. And there, there are places that are much better than other places. Some places, all we get is bottled water and a thank you. Best, but we get a thank you. Best mm-hmm. college team you've ever seen. Best women's college team you've ever oh, seen. Oh, well, I have to, unfortunately. I'm sorry. UConn. Oh, really? Yeah. I well, mean, they've been they've been there they, every year. Well, I'll they? go back to the Diana Taurasi days. I mean, I just loved working those games and watching her play and Maya Moore. Did you I ever mean, do any of the Tennessee games? What was uh, Pat? Pat? Pat Summit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I had... Uh, I had several of Pat's games, and one of the more notable ones would be, unfortunately for Tennessee, the loss in the first round to Ball State. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, you know, it, it happens. Yes, now, it on does. On any given Sunday in football, any given day in basketball, That's it could happen. That's why they play the games. Yeah, for sure. Wow, you got to meet Pat Summit. I That's did. pretty cool. Yeah, she's... Uh, there, there's a tremendous... I mean, Muffet McGraw at Notre Dame, Gino at UConn, Vivian Stringer at Rutgers... There's just a, a great number of coaches out there that I've been very fortunate. Now, have to, you done any Miami of Ohio games? No, 
And is that because there's a conflict of interest there? It's because not so you much there? because it's a conflict of interest. It's just you don't choose, do the Mac. Choose not to do that. No, I do the Mac. But I just choose not to do that so right. that I avoid any impropriety. Okay. And what? A, how's the coach at Michigan? Is she good? Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. Kim Glad is good. Kim is good. And how about Michigan State? Oh, Susie's Susie's wonderful. All right. So you, you're playing it right. Yeah. Just in case they're listening, <laughs> I hope they are. And uh, you know, uh, folks, uh, you know. Push push us out. We I think we're we've got some interesting things to talk about on this show. And, and I do want to bring up one more thing yes, before sir. we sign off for today. Uh, between next Tuesday and the week we do the food special, a very big thing in baseball will be happening, and that's the Major League Baseball draft. So next week we are definitely going to be talking about that a little okay. bit more. So if you are interested in knowing more about the draft, tune in next week for sure. We're also going to have a guest that will be talking about injuries in sports, yeah. how they're how they're dealt with, proper nutrition, etc. Mm-hmm. Should be very interesting. Uh, nationally known doctor. Well, uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of baseball mainly. And just remember, let's play two.